if it was something super quick and funky, if it was just kind of like, I don't know, like a little jingle, like a, like a, like a bass line, funky bass. Um, could turn it off and just set it on him i need my rame i need my rame all right everybody welcome to the second episode hey. ever of the brown sugar podcast so i'm your host d'angelo harding this is my co-host tevin tashetta tashetta here we are again and i'm so happy and thrilled to have one of my best friends and brothers be this on the second episode nathan ipanag <laughs> ipanag Ipanag. I think probably in my life, <laughs> probably one person has said it right on the first try. In my life. Who was that? But uh, I should probably remember, huh? <laughs> nah, just some random person. I was like, did you just say my name right? Uh, Ipanag. Ipanag's fine. Ipanag. Or, or his artist name, Nady. That's right. Most which, people call me Nady now. Which most of us just call him Nady. Yeah, we or like, Nate. Yeah, Nady, Or like Nate. your cousin, Nate's. <laughs> who <laughs> who called, called me Nathan, Nathan recently? Somebody called me Nathan, and I was like, don't do that. I was like, don't ever do that. <laughs> Too proper. We don't like that. Well, thank you for inviting us into your home. Um, thank you for being on the second episode ever. Cheers. Happy to have y'all. You already know. <sighs> you already know what the vibes are. Shots, shots. Cheers. What did we used to say? Always never above you, never yeah, below you. Never be above you, always, never below uh, you, always where beside at? you. Where are we at, Angela? <laughs> where are we at, Angela? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's good stuff. Put some uh, quick question. Are we, I think we need an intro, like little jingle or something like that. Last time we had Trace do it. Shout out to Trace in the corner over there. <laughs> there you go. That's the intro. But I'm mad. We'll just throw it in the intro later. Trace <laughs> fucked us up and didn't bring his guitar again. Oh, how do you do that? You got it? Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. Bro, do you remember the first time that we realized that both of us were both in LA? <laughs> do you remember that story? That was a very, very special story. You want to tell we were. I mean, I'll tell part of it, but... It was like how many years ago? Ten years ago? Mm -hmm. More than ten years ago? Probably about twelve years now, yeah. But like we've known each other for like a long time. Yeah. And then I was at I was with Gemma Nguyen. Yeah. Shout for, out Gemma. Shout out Gemma. She just doubled Michelle Yeo on everything everywhere and won all the Oscars. Shout Incredible. out Gemma. Whoa. Incredible. I didn't know she doubled her. Oh yeah. yeah. What? But uh I was at her birthday party dinner at District Barbecue downtown LA. And Nate was the fucking server. <laughs> oh, y'all didn't communicate beforehand that y'all both were in LA, like, cause y'all knew each other from tricking, right? Yeah, that's right. That's why. I, so when he, when I saw him, and I knew it was gonna be like people I knew that were at that party, cause they asked me to serve that night because they're like, oh, it's gonna be a bunch of trickers, like stunt guys, and and me and D'Angelo knew each other from that community. So when I walked in and I seen D'Angelo at the table, and I was like, we did that whole spider, like the Spider Man point, but yeah. we were like, yeah, you, you, you. How many Filipino people in this bitch right now? But that was like the beginning, and and I think that instance of us seeing each other in that environment and and that like that random like spontaneous sighting of each other was like oh we gotta be instant like instant let's kick it and, yeah and, we, and we've been kicking it since then. <laughs> Dude, it was so wild. we were like what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, we're like oh I moved to LA. <laughs> because, wow, because you're from Maryland. Yeah, correct. <laughs> like logic. That's right. <laughs> 301 i don't know we're just like what the fuck are you doing here but but nate but like we we just grew up tricking together and doing like the loop kicks camps and mm -hmm. stuff i mean if you guys don't know what tricking is it's just like flips and stunts and yeah. martial arts yeah nate by the way is a 19 gold medalist in kung fu <laughs> oh my god he'll break your jaw oh, everybody wait, can you tell that tell a story with a guy when we were on this job yeah uh one of our first jobs because when we first came to la me and d'angelo were on stunts together and it's funny enough because we're both filipino and, and similar in height um they love putting us against each other just because we're like similar we had we just look kind of similar like we would be fighting each other or something i don't know or like twin ninjas type shit mm -hmm. and we were on the shoot and this guy who's kind of like a you could tell he was feeling himself the whole time. And he went up to the stunt coordinator and he was like, I got to tell you something. I have seven gold medals doing this martial art. And we were just like, bro. And they told us a story later. We were like, cool. Like, that's sweet or whatever. And then the next day, we were, we were on the shoot for a couple of days. The next day, he goes back to the stunt coordinator. He's like, you know what? I actually lied to you. I have nine gold medals. Yeah, I was like, 
like, bro. <laughs> and he brought him to set. He brought him to show him. He goes, actually, I have none. Yeah. And like, and like, just played them out. Bro, and I was just like, in the back of my head, I didn't really think. I was like, okay, man, like, you got to be proud of your accomplishments. I think that's great. But I was just like, I got 17 of them motherfuckers. Like, why are you, like, I'm not a showboat. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. there are different values of the people appreciate in their past. And if that's one of his pillars, then so be it. But I was just like, so funny that, like, and I was young, too. I was like, nine. All right, I got I got a bunch of them, Joyce. Like I'm not you don't you don't see me bringing them to set though. Did you did you tell him that? Were you like, oh, that's cool? I mean, I got. Nah, he a didn't say to us. He like said it to the actual like more. the high honcho, like the the head dude. Yeah, the, the coordinator. The coordinator. coordinator. Like, oh. and, and, and him himself, Justin. Shout out Justin. If you ever see this, bro, I love you. You're still flexible as hell. I don't know how you do it, but. He probably was like, I got a bunch of them joints too. Like, why are you lying to me? Why are you telling me about this information? Whatever. Yeah. And is the is the metal, is it just like an actual little pin? Like, how did he bring, like, I? because I imagine like something that's the size of an I Oscar or something like that. I don't remember what he brought. I feel like, like there was like, it was like ribbons. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Because that's what I used to get. In Kung Fu, that's mm. what you get. Because I think like in sport karate and like a lot of the stuff, you get like trophies. Yeah. Uh, with us, it was always medals. So like, you can carry them joints around and Kind of makes a little more sense. So I guess you keep. What, I don't know. Keep him in your glove compartment. I don't know where you keep. What if he brought in all of his belts? <laughs> just tied him to his I'll arm. Say it, bro. I don't fucking know. I'm a black belt. I brought my white, <laughs> yellow, through black, yellow, purple. Uh, what, what, I got the red one with the stripe through it. Turquoise. Yeah, just wanted to show you my black belt. <laughs> it's got my name on it. It's stitched in. Was that job on Marshall Science? That was right. Marshall Science. Dude, Marshall fucking Science. Bro. Yeah. Me and Nate auditioned for this blood sport. What was it? A blood sport like a, like a parody. Yeah. Like a, yeah. A blood sports parody movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because like it essentially goes through all the scenes that Van Damme did in the movie, but it's a... V- the actor does not look like Van Damme, but the stunt double does. Yeah. So, yeah. so it'll like cut to right before this man does a flip and it'll cut to a dude who has a different hair color, way slimmer. Like wow. it's like a blatant cut to and where rips. you know it's a double. Hella rip. <laughs> my man, my lead, my, my lead man is like, he, he a little chunky on the chunky side. Yeah. Man, and all, all power to you. But when it cut, <laughs> it's like this skinny ass, like chiseled motherfucker that can like hella trick and do do a bunch of moves. Um, and that was the, that was the funniest part because like they knew there wasn't they knew they what they were doing, and they like they just embraced it. So I was cool with the whole thing. I was happy to be on that set. It was great. It was like the scary movie of like yeah. martial arts Correct. movies. Correct. It was intentional. It was intentional. Like, Super the, intentional. The main bad guy's name in the movie was uh, his, his name was Come on some young guy. <laughs> yeah. So they would chant Come on some young guy. <laughs> Come on some young guy. <laughs> oh my god. And we're, like, and we're like fighting in the tournament or whatever. But dude, when we booked that movie, I was like, oh, we fucking made it, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got paid like nothing. Yeah, yeah. But they gave us lines. And, and they shit. asked they asked us back for pickups and we did yeah, we did like a whole top we had we had lines in the movie. And me and Danzel obviously like paired together as like a twin duo as always. So <laughs> what are the two fucking Filipino guys? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I think she this girl had to throat a whole like legitimate sausage. While talking to us, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, it was a, <laughs> what? It was a scene like she was trying like to get like a bratwurst, like a full, like the full joint. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Way more girth than the glizzy, huh? Well, it was. Uh, I think glizzy girth, but like it's just that it's it's a it's way glizzy girth. It's longer. It looked like a huge horseshoe, huge. Oh, it had a, a a curve to it. It's a full curve. Like it's a you could wear it as a neck pillow type glizzy. <laughs> yeah. No, but this the scene was because we were like in a secret like martial arts tournament and this fucking white girl comes up to me and nate at the bar in the scene she's like can you tell me about this tournament and we're like no we're like what and then she's like i'll do something for you and like start sucking on this huge sausage and, we're, and me and they're just like yeah <laughs> wait and in the scene she had a deep throat it yeah like yeah. that ass like yeah. she and, nah, and she, that's on the take on nah, camera nah, she, she had yeah, she full yeah full yeah. throat wow she, she went yeah she went for it I wonder if she was like a porn star or something. Uh, I don't think or so. Or aspiring. I imagine that was one of the, the the what she thought would be a stepping stone to something greater. But I, I have not seen her in other things since. So. Stepping stone to if her porn where, career. If, if that's where she peaked out. I'm just kidding. I got love for Shadi, but I don't know. If that, I don't know if that was the move. Uh, so so what's the name of the movie again? Remind me, Martial Science. Yeah, you know, like martial arts. Yeah, yeah, martial yeah, yeah. And it's I've on. Never seen it, dude. Oh, I tried. We tried to watch it. I think at some point. 
I was wondering because I've known y'all for so long. I've known y'all since I basically got to LA. I knew, I knew you already when we did that. Yeah, and yeah, I, I remember y'all working on that, but I haven't seen it. So we should try to find this on YouTube or whatever on the interwebs in some way, and we should check it out. <laughs> we should just—we've seen the trailer. We're like hella in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. we I gotta think run the that trailer. Scene is kind of in the trailer. The sausage scene is yeah. in the trailer. Damn. Yeah. That's but hilarious. it was cool because like, you know, when you come out to LA and you want to book jobs, it was like a stunt job that really like. You know, for what it's worth, they appreciated what our martial art background was. And, like, when we auditioned, we actually had to, like, show that we knew some shit. Yeah. So it was a really great, like, as as far as establishing what I thought L.A. was going to feel like for me, it really set the bar pretty high. So. Cheers. We can move on after this question, if you want to move on. But did they make y'all do any crazy stunts? Did did y'all have to take some big hits or anything like Uh, that? And get, like, kind of. Yeah, right. It was pretty standard. But. I did love the fights that me and D'Angelo did with each other. And, like, they really gave us the freedom to, to choreograph on our own a little bit. And there was a coordinator, so he was, like, overseeing it all. But I don't think he had enough time to see what all of our backgrounds were. So it was cool to bring in, like, I brought Kung Fu in. D'Lo brought, you know, Taekwondo in. And it was cool to, like, be in a position where I felt like, oh, man, Kung Fu actually served a purpose for my uh, camera presence. Right. So it was a great, it was a great move. Um, whether or not it, you know, gravitated into something bigger... This is besides the point, but I feel like it was a it was a great. I had so much fun on that shit. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was just one of those things where you're like, you you're like, like you're trying to do so much shit. Yeah, that's it right there. Like you're trying to do so much shit in L.A. and it's like it was so early in our and yeah. it was so early in our career that was like, oh my god, I'm booking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, holy I? shit! Like yeah, I can't, like was we audition? I got auditioned for that. Yeah, yeah. And like, but it's like one of those things. What'd you do for your audition? Did you do like a full joint? No, dude. I had, I did, uh, I did like a fake fight with like an invisible person. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) really? They made me like, can you like throw a punch, like punch, 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 and like react like three times? And I'm like, okay. So I I had like an invisible fight for my audition. My audition was very different. What was yours? Because I just went in and I started doing like, bro, they. Whenever I try to hook people on the kung fu, I did. I do this thing with my one hand where it looks like I'm doing hella shit, but I'm not really doing hella shit. <laughs> they, I, they, they, they let me leave the room. Like, and I was like, oh shit, I ain't book it. Like, as soon as I, did, I was like, ha, 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 ha. I was like doing a bunch of random ass, like, just like flashy shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't get it because they asked me to leave. And then at the same time, he, they got the text. It was me, him, and my old roommate Travis, who is a very successful stuntman now. We all auditioned for this at the same time, and they hit me back, and I was like, oh shit, I actually got it. Like, bet. I was like, this is cool. But my audition was not fighting an invisible person. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for damn sure. Have you had any other like nightmare auditions? You were at the other one. I think another nightmare audition was when it, it was a nightmare because the um the the aspiration was so high when we did the Disney audition. Oh my god! Oh, you know, like we really holy thought, like, shit! I forgot about we that. did a Disney audition, and I really thought, oh, oh, was it Nickelodeon? I think it was. It, it was, was for Disney. it was for Austin and Alley. Yeah. Oh, so that was on Disney. I think it was on Disney. Is that what it was? Yeah. Was yeah. it Austin and Alley? It was Austin and Alley. Yeah. But like, I remember that being like, I felt like the we were because you're supposed to learn a certain set of of like choreography because we went in as like dancers. It was a dance audition. Yeah. But you had to know a stunt. Yeah. Exactly. Or the, the dance ended with a stunt man like yeah, it's like doing a stunt. He like a flip off like an ice cream cart or something and yeah. like and for me. Before we got to the point of understanding what the actual like assignment was, everybody had to learn a certain amount of co- choreography. Because if you guys don't know, with Disney, they do a lot of, of of typecasting. So like, if you don't have the look, like they're not even gonna let you through the front door. So we got in and had the, I guess, had enough to get into the front door with the look because we look young or whatever. And right when they go five, six, seven, eight, supposed to hit the choreo, me, Dilo, and a couple other like vet trickers on the scene. We just started fucking flipping, bro. Like everyone was like five to seven, eight, hit the choreo. We're like, nope. I think I did a round off, like so I did a huge flash. Kick. Yeah. I did like a web yeah. on my knee. I did like some huge ass shit. I think we flipped over each other, and they were just like, okay, okay, stop. Like, Y'all stop. started sessioning and yeah, like, we just we, started a trick. We just yeah. started yes. And they were like, okay, y'all get a second audition because you guys are like specialty. And we we're like specialty. Like I yeah. called my mom and dad. I was like, mom, specialty now. Like <laughs> my heart. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn into nothing, but I think just having that original, like at that time, like I felt so badass because we were in a line of hundreds of dancers, mm-hmm. and we were the only ones who like. But did you go to the that callback? You and I both went. Yeah. Oh my god. How? You you last because I I I bowed out. 
And then Dangelo was like, like fuck it. Yeah, Dan's like, fuck it. I'm about to hit this choreo. I see Dan's No, dude. Yeah. No, I was dude. like, bro. I, I, got, I got to like the last five people. No, did I? And then. What was. Wait, what What happened in this in this callback? So the, like. I was yeah, I was so fucking nervous. I, they they I went to the studio where they shoot the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Allison Stoner pulled up while we was there too. It was crazy. Yeah, and so literally like the last five people. So it's like four dancers and like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you look good though. You look good. I, no, dude. Because so then there's a choreographer and he goes, "All right, everybody, here's the dance. Five, six, seven, eight, and bop, boop." I seen you hitting your shit, bro. It's it, and then everyone does it first try, and I'm like trying to fucking keep up and look like an idiot. Do you like yeah. a kid with a helmet? You know oh, what I'm yeah. I just can't say the R word anymore. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, I, <laughs> I, I, I never, never kid with a helmet, but I feel like it, that's a really good translation of the matter. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't get the part. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember I called, I called my parents after we did the callback, and I was like, nah. And Dan was like, wait, wait. I didn't. I, I got him went further. I was like, I was like, we didn't get it, mom. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. You may not have gotten it. I got fast five. I, got get, I might get another call back. I got to the boss fight. <laughs> no, D-Lo got to the boss fight, and I think whether or not I, I maybe had a skill set to have gone further, like I was just so intimidated by. It. And that's how this. That's how the scene is for people who don't know what the industry is like. It's cutthroat in there, like, mm-hmm. and people will not like. It's crazy because like when you pull up and you, you meet people at in the line to to do the callback, it's like everyone's your friend. But right. as soon as that shit hits five, six, seven, eight, everybody, you're a fucking enemy, bro. And it's it's crazy because it's like he was my boy. I was trying to learn off you. He's talking about like when you try to copy someone's answers, you be like going like this. It's the same shit in the industry. Like people always want to keep their advantages as their own. Yeah, and it's like what you said earlier. It's like that typecasting, and they use that to their advantage yeah, to make it their sure. own corporation seem diverse, especially at that time where they were just like, oh, let's have one person out of each nationality be on the show, and we'll call ourselves Not diverse. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. The mouse, who got, who the big mouse. Who got, who got casted was an Asian brother on that joint, too, and we were just right. like, I'm glad. I'm glad it happened like that because he actually could dance. Which is a double-edged sword, sword right? Because it's like, it's way better than people doing yellow face or blackface. I actually just saw a movie clip where where a white actor basically did blackface, but he was Asian, and it was terrible, bro. And he was like a renowned actor, bro. And it was like this OG film, and I was watching it like I saw it on TikTok, of course. And I was like, "Whoa, bro! They forced it, man. They <laughs> they had him, bro. They had him Yo, wearing these glasses. Do that at all anymore? Is that allowed anymore? Like, no, no. It was definitely like it was from the fifties. Um, so the scene where where they were doing, we'll just say yellow face for now, um, for lack of a better term, of course. Supposed to what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> Rice face? What are you going to say? Noodle face, noodle face. What are you talking about? Anime face. He's a rice nah, face. <laughs> but bro, they Shake did chalk face. They did. <laughs> Jacket Jim. No, it's, all right, stop. We're gonna stop. Stop. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started, bro. But anyway, I'll just say the first scene. Like it was someone. He was the landlord of the place, and there's of course like this this beautiful actress who's like the star of the film, and she's coming up the stairs and she rings the doorbell. And I guess like for some reason he like hears the doorbell. He lives in like the attic or something. So he wakes up and fucking hits a bell or hits a bell that's like right in front of his face. And then he can't, he has this terrible makeup on, and they like tape his eyes back, oh, bro. No, they did not tape his eyes, bro. Back. They not tape the his tape. eyes bra- not back, the tape. and they give him like a bald cap, bro. And then they have him like they Damn. have him like pick up these big ass fucking glasses, bro. And I'll just let you see the scene. I'll find the fucking. Damn, t- they, I didn't like once upon a time in China, then, bro. Yeah, bro. With the, it's the, it was so bad, bro. It was so bad. The, the tape eyes of the buck teeth. They gave him buck teeth. Yes, they gave him buck teeth, bro. They gave him buck teeth, bro. They gave him buck teeth. And it's actually funny because it's like a, a a black TikTok, um, you know, influencer who who posted the video and it was just like his reactions and he's like, oh, "What you is this?" Form up now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. I, it was like, Christ. and it's like a, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I know it's like a classic film. Um, or a film that's known. I think it was. I think that scene was cut. But this dude posted it on TikTok, bro, and he was watching it. And the reactions were ridiculous. It, my reaction was ridiculous. I was like, "This was in a movie theater, bro." At some point. Yeah. That's nasty. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Jesus. Much love. Shout out, Tracy. They went too hard with that, bro. 
instead of casting. <laughs> but dude, apart from all this like acting and stunts, I mean, Nate fucking moved out here to do music. That's right. He's a very fucking amazing singer. <laughs> oh. Um, Hit it right now. It's a hot take. But I feel like I remember, I don't know if I remember like the year and shit, but like I remember definitely a moment when you when you were like, I'm just going to focus on fucking music, dude. Like this music shit is my shit. Like when was that whole switch, do you think? Man, um, that was actually such a, and I, I would love to use that instance for people who are trying to get into the industry. Because I think there's a huge thing right now with people like kind of spreading themselves thin on like so many things they could do and like there's a certain balance with like let me let me um highlight all of my disciplines and like find a way to make them all work and i think at a time i wanted to be so devoted to music but i was so young in it that a mentor of mine who was in stunts was like i'll take you under my wing bro like i'll take you under my wing and he was a at the time already a very successful stunt performer and he was telling me like I just don't think I could teach you when you're straddling the line between two disciplines when there's somebody who would be completely loyal to this craft that I could teach right now mm. that would just take what I, I give them and run all the way. Whereas you, I might teach you everything I know and you might split and go and do another thing. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a really important thing when you're in the industry because like you don't, you don't, but especially when people are coaching you and stuff like you kind of have to know what your end game is and if you haven't figured that part out then, then the industry is going to be a very difficult place for you to navigate because you're always just going to do whatever the easy kill is but it, it's about the best kill it's not about the easy kill and and, and i learned that from stunts was like okay are you going to die are you willing to die for this because at the end of the day when you do stunts like that is that's on the table you know, like maybe you do a stunt and it's great and you fall downstairs and you walk out flawlessly, flawlessly victorious. That's great. Or you might break your shit and be paralyzed forever. You never fucking know. Right? Yeah. So like, why am I going to coach somebody whose who's, uh, uh, destination might be completely different from what I'm encouraging them to get to? True passion. True passion. Mm -hmm. No effects. And, and I think at an early time in my time in LA, I learned that like, oh man. I don't love stunts enough to give my life up for it, but I'll die for music. You know, that's my thing. It's like, I would die because the artistry that I can express, but the way I can express myself through music, like, bro, today, if it happens, I know I, I did my thing because I, I've already done enough as a musician for me with what I, what's important to me to where like, if, if I leave the planet tonight, I left the legacy behind musically. Stunt wise, I just didn't see that goal for me. So that was super important early on in my career to just understand what my priorities were, you know, because like, man, you can die doing anything, right? Yeah. And like, you might as well die doing the thing you love. And I don't think I love stunts enough. I just didn't love it enough, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. That concludes that, I think, that yeah. sentiment. But I will say that when that fork in the road was presented to me in that fashion, I knew right away I wanted to do music. So I haven't done, since that thought came across me, I have not done stunts since because I knew what I what was important to me then. And it's the same thing that's important to me now because you could lose your life doing any of these things. And I, I, I figured out what was most important to me. I, I like to, to draw the analogy to like when you flip a coin, when you have two decisions in front of you, you don't flip the coin to actually decipher what the decision happens you flip the coin because when it's in when the coin is in the middle of the air you actually know what you're hoping it's landing on and when i flipped the coin on music and stunts it went up in the air and i was like i knew as soon as i sent it up it was music when it landed it didn't even matter if it was heads or tails i already right. knew i wanted it to be music wow this is why i love listening to this man talk um i have two <laughs> it's just so eloquent and articulate it's just it's great you're the podcast you're we're, we're not even here. We're the flies on the wall. Can you just speak on some more things? Yeah, just hit him with some more questions. I'm, but, I'm a mosquito. Say, I'm like, a mosquito. You no, know, dude. I mean, that was kind of like the same thing for me, right? Like, it was like, but then like, but my realm was sort of in sort of like the. Um, I'll hit it once. Um, it was like film, but like the thing with film is that like stunts is sort of in like the realm of filmmaking, but also it's it's hard to keep doing it because when i was when i made the whole switch over to like just film was because oh um most of these stunt guys 
love filmmaking mm-hmm. and they just want to make films anyways. Like they, they end up becoming a director or a stunt, uh, not, not even a coordinator, but a fight coordinator that's like behind the camera. Yeah. You know what I mean, so I was like, well, if that's like the goal with these stunt guys anyways, I think I'm just going to stick to film. Uh, but like the stunts is such a great way to like get into that direction. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm also not trying to be a director. Facts. Like, okay. you know, so that was also an easy switch for me, but, but like, dude, your shit has always been so good that like, even back in the day, we me i remember me and travis being like why aren't you fucking performing more why don't you fucking get up on stage but now that's kind of seems like all you're kind of doing so like what was that whole because i i i saw the whole switch of you being like super nervous but now having this like crazy confidence of going up on stage and doing your fucking thing and now the music you're making and when whenever you're on stage it's not missing so like but like back in the day i was seeing it I guess how you're seeing it now. Do you know what I mean? Wow. But like how, but like what, what was that for you? Interesting. <clears throat> I got to hold it on. I got to hold question. on for this. Um, wow. I think you might be the only person with that perspective. And, and I think Tracy too, like who has seen that part of my journey. And that is one particular part of the, like, travel that i didn't really hone in on as far as looking back on it because like when i made the decision to do music i just feel like when you're a musician in this industry in this city it's like the world is against you like the world everybody everybody is doing what you're doing and i think it was just a matter of like how can i um move because because honestly the confidence from doing tricking and all the stunt stuff like i had to carry it over and put it in this lane or else I would not have succeeded as a musician. And and, and whether or not I've succeeded is, is, a, is a skeptical t- t- in, in general, but I think the confidence that I have now is because like, I think I took what happened with martial arts and I was like, I, with martial arts, I was like, I know I'm good at this. Like, how do I feel this safe in a space of creativity in something that I'm super scared of? And I think in martial arts, they teach you was just discipline, just keep, putting in the hours everybody says ten thousand hours right so i was like you know what let's just start counting now let's just start counting now and i think by the time i've we're grown now like i don't even ask myself like am i worthy or am i doing this like i just put in so much time now you know so so the transition was not it was not a night and day thing like it took time but when i look back at it i don't know an exact moment I don't know a a particular moment when it switched over. It's just that I I knew what I needed to do when I was just getting into it. I knew what the requirements were and I just, I just dove so deep. And now I feel like I'm on the other end of it where I've put in those 10,000 hours and I'm like, all I am is grateful for the fact that I saw it that way because seeing it in a way where other people got to give the approval is is a short term reward. But I feel like I put in the hours to make myself feel like you deserve to be in this position. And and when I embody that mentality, then being on stage is nothing because I deserve to be there. I felt like I deserve to be there. So I don't got to front like, hey, man, I'm, I, I, I earned your time, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. You can bounce out of the you can bounce out of the venue. You can leave the venue. I don't, I don't care. I earned enough time to get on the stage. And like, bro, this is crazy fucking TikTok where the dude was like. He's a, this crazy bowling champion, and he's like, he's like, I lovers and haters, I love that you watched. Like haters, that's all you could do. Oh, was watch. So like, ah. at the end of the day, when I when I try to practice that mentality, it works a lot for my artistry because I'm like, man, I just put the time in, bro. Like I just put the time in. Yeah. And I said, I, I, if I did anything, is that I I put the time in. That's that's really all that matters. I saw this this other podcast with Seth Rogen. And he goes, you know, literally, um, I'm gonna, I might butcher the fuck out of this. No, 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 but, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Along the lines of, um, most people make it just because they didn't give up. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was I like, believe it. He was like, most of my friends just like didn't stop doing it. I believe and, it. And like, it could have taken 10 years, 20 years. I hella believe that. 30 years, but it's like, you just, they just didn't stop. And some people just get lucky. Yeah. You know? How much do you think involves, like, luck versus hard work? I mean, what I would say is, before we get into that, the answer to that question is, 
based off of what you're saying, my whole thought process is it seems like you put in enough work, you put in your 10,000 hours to the point where it becomes visceral, it becomes like a part of you. Yeah. Right. And then you can always just perform at your top level and you don't have to think about it. It's like part of your DNA at this point. Yeah. You know, and I feel like we've all been working so hard and now we just, whenever we're going out and we're working on something that we're passionate about, it's almost like ingrained tattooed to our skin yeah. to some degree. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like what, what Seth is saying. It's like, we're not giving up. It's like, you know, your tattoo's not going anywhere unless you get some, I mean, of course you guys, I mean, with technology now, you can laser it off, you can burn it off or cut yes, it off. We don't but anyway, yeah, we don't have to get into the logistics, but it's, what I'm saying, it's, it's, we put in enough work to the point where it's always there and it's not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. Especially when you love it. I want to be, I want to be flooded with my obsession of what I want to do with my life so that anything I do leaks a little bit of what my like overall goal is like it don't matter if i'm talking to you I, I met you for the first time at a starbucks like for some reason i think i do what i do so hard and so relentlessly and people are like all right do you make music or like what, what is it that you do like people gotta ask at that point like i want to do it so courageously and wear it on my sleeve like it's bright highlighter colors that I don't need to use my personality to make you understand that there are like goals bigger than making you want to love me as a person. I just mm -hmm. want you to love what I contribute to the world as, as an artist. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with, with what I do. Cause I, I just feel like bro. And, and I mean, there are hella people who won't agree with the decisions I make art as an artist. And that was the hardest thing to hurdle was like, Man, someone's going to dis disagree with this. Someone's going to disagree with this. But I think amplifying my own confidence to being louder than all those other voices was the only reason I'm, I'm is the only reason I'm still here. Because there are a lot of people who who are like, yeah, he probably better doing this. He probably and, and like there was such a large time in my life when I was listening to people and acknowledging that and then, and then doing it. Like like listening to them and being like, you're right. I'm going to switch lanes. But now I'm at a point where I'm like because we we talk about 10,000 hours, I put in the time it's like you don't even have you haven't spent enough time doing what I do to really give me an influence that should impact my actual trajectory. Exactly. Yeah, there's a... Uh, it's an some, obsession to me. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a, a saying from some DJs. They say, uh, if you ain't redlining, you ain't headlining. And that just makes me think, like, if <laughs> you ain't... That's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never yeah. heard that in my life. So it's like having that. having that fucking internal... I fucking love that. And that, that internal dialogue, right? That internal passion. It's like, if that internal dialogue within yourself isn't redlining then you're not going to headline in your own life you're not going to fucking yeah. get to the, the you point make of yourself as uh, equally as uncomfortable as like mm -hmm. the people who are who are not registering your, your talent yeah exactly That's incredible. Sheesh. yeah 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 Sheesh. sorry we should get back to d'angelo's question my bad for no actually i, tangenting. I was gonna ask cheers bro Big oh, cheers tangent cheers, heaven over here oh bullet <laughs> yo how how stupid easy is it to pull chicks because you have a beautiful voice? <laughs> is it just unfair? Like, it, dude, oh, that's hilarious. If I could sing, do you realize? Like, I would just, I would just be pulling up at the bar and saying, "What's your name, Natalie? Natalie, whatever the fuck, <laughs> whatever the fuck, dude." Just closing out karaoke joints. Is it just unfair, Nate? I think the most personal. The personal thing about um, me being a singer is that, like, I don't think I'm a good singer. So, um, that doesn't exude in the confidence of how I approach women. I think when it comes to me, like, talking to a girl, like, my personality, I feel like I, I'm like, bro, I just feel like I know myself enough or I, I know what I can gamble on or I know what I'll collect on and I just act like that. But when, when, when I throw singing in the mix... It makes me so fucking insecure. Like I'm just what? such an insecure. Really? Yeah, I'm so insecure as a singer. You would think that that would like spark like a crazy confidence. I guess when you can sing, it becomes like a gimmick, you know. Like as no, no, no. But let me let me like let me talk about the other side of the coin. Party Because I will say like that is me in person. But bruh, on Instagram, you want to talk about what I utilize? How I hey, okay, <laughs> look at him. See, that's what I'm talking about. No, on Instagram, it's hard. It's so bad. It's so bad that you know how your your text messages suggest your next line for you on the top of the keyboard yeah, yeah. Uh, bro my keyboard knows the way i holla at girls with my voice because like i'll just use my <laughs> most like universally like successful video and bro, i'm not 
crazy popping, but like I know which joints people like to hear from me on Instagram. And I have one joint that was like popping off as a reel. So I'd be sending that reel to girls. And it's so funny the way I do it, because I think it's a it's a good balance of you're not so desperate, but you still trying to get some action. I go, I hope this makes its way to you. I hope this makes its way to you. After you it's, send it to them? No, it's part of the it's it's, it's hand in hand. It comes with the video. Oh, okay, you okay. see the caption, you see the video. It, it delivers at at the same time. That. And I hope this makes its way to you. Because it's not like, please listen to me sing. Like, I would love to collaborate. I ain't got nothing that I want to do with you on a music level. I'm just trying to holler at you. Like, it's just the, I hope this makes its way to you. Because you don't really know the the line between, like, what I'm hoping to achieve, what you want to hear. Like, it's just a, a little vague, a little cryptic yeah. with the approach. So I hit them with that. And if they respond, I'm like, I got them. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> Done deal. And if you're one of the people who received that message that's watching this, like, I had no problem admitting that right now because I feel like you responded. You knew what the game was. Nobody just sends you around. I hope this makes this way to you. No, nah, motherfuckers try to holler. Like, that's the algorithm. what motherfuckers are trying to do. It's but obvious. I feel like they got it. Like, as soon as they meet you, I'm sure, like, like nowadays, the first thing is like, oh, like, what's your Instagram? Yeah. Like, like, what's your phone number? Facts. And, facts. like, of course, they're going to scroll through your shit with their friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, damn, this motherfucker can sit, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I hope so. Cause I think like I deal with that reality every time. It's like it's not just her watching it. She's like, you think I should fuck with him? Shows six other friends, sends it to a third cousin just in case. Just like you, you know me, you know me since I was young. You think I would fuck with him? Who, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you don't know who he would be texting, bro. I'd be I'd be texting twice removed motherfuckers in my family, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking know because I feel like you you love me. I know you love me unconditionally, but you might not judge me on this. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You can't. If it's the first cousins, they'll be like, you know, you know, I'm going to tell your mother about this. <laughs> have you ever? I have a crazy question. Have you, have you ever voice messaged yourself singing to a girl? Like, yeah, yeah, like, ooh, back in high school, a bunch. And it was so funny. Wait, there was, there was voice messages back then? No, Am I just it old? was like, yeah, I no, couldn't no, voice no. message nobody. Send, like, yeah, I was sending recordings of myself because, like, they would leave, like, voice messages, you know? No. Oh, yeah, oh, like a fucking voicemail. No, 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 no. Yeah. I full on audio messages text because you gotta rehearse it. You gotta, you can't just, bro, nobody being fully, <laughs> I'm definitely not trying to just like show myself and expose all that. But in high school, I was able to just like send girl stuff and I would listen back and still think I could sing. Cause I, Bro, did you ever have a, a Nextel, like the fucking walkie talkie phone, the chirp chirp? Uh, by the time I got the Nextel, it was called Cellular One. What? Cellular. What the fuck is that? <laughs> cellular One. Nextel became that? Cellular One. I don't remember that. I don't you care. You're not nah. gonna, you're not gonna, I had Nextels and then I went straight want, to the sidekick. Who the still on Nextel? Telly Loon is way more recent than Nextel. Tevin, I don't know anybody with a Nextel, bro. <laughs> bro, I'm that old, bro. I had a Nextel. Remember, that was my first cell phone was a Nextel. Was the a chirp, Nextel. chirp? Remember? Where you at? Yeah, it was like the, a fucking walkie Where are you at? Yeah, yeah bro. Nextel. Yeah, that was my first. What? Where you at was uh, uh cellular Nextel. one? It was not. No, nah, bro, that was, was Nextel. Bro, I swear to God, that was my Ludacris. first cell phone. Where bro. you at with Ludacris? Where'd you get it? Radio show. Where you at? Yeah, that's. It was inspired by the by Ludacris as well. That was that whole not, campaign. Oh my God, bro! It wasn't that. It was a a, a whole other. Uh, what's Nextel? <laughs> what the fuck, bro? <laughs> No, 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 Blackberry did not have walkie-talkie chips. Next up. Okay, hold on, hold on. It was uh, Boost Mobile. You dumb. Ludacris was Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile, which was on Nexto phones, bro. What? Are you talking about? Are you talking about Ludacris was like, I am on Nexto. It was Boost Mobile. Where you at was Boost Mobile. That was their ad. Yeah, but they were on. They, they, were, they started on Nexto branded phones, bro. Someone look this up. Tracy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I feel like it was Boost Mobile. I can yeah, find yeah it was trip, Boost Mobile. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But ne a lot of Nexto phones. Yeah, yeah. I think Nexto was a manufacturer of the like phones. By that yeah, time, Motorola phones too, but like. Because yeah. I had a phone. <laughs> Oh, I could be wrong. Listen, I could be mixing up the company with the manufacturer of the phone. <laughs> I could be wrong. Now we'll fight over it later. It's called chirping, right? We'll fight. Chirping we'll later. Chirping. Chirp. Yeah, chirp. 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 I'm gonna chirp your ass. Nah. Um. Y'all are messing up my damn question. Okay, go ahead. If you so you never had a walkie-talkie phone. Have you ever had one? No, but I think what you're trying to get to is like.
Did you ever walkie yeah. talkie chirp your song? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did. You're I singing did. to a girl. And bro, because like, I would have, if the I had a voice. that last between when you send a girl, like when I used to send a girl like a video or like a fragment of me singing and then her replying, bro, those times, like from, from me sending it to her replying is like, it could have been 10 minutes. And it felt like I lived 17 lifetimes because I'm like, I just sent this girl the most vulnerable piece of me. She's going to be forever. I got I to gotta show up to school tomorrow. She's going to oh, be there. Wow. Bro, do you guys remember calling like a girl's house and it was the only oh, house phone? Oh. Asking for her? And you had to talk to their dad. Oh, asking for her. Wait, was hold on. Crazy. Like, hey, uh, is never mind. Stephanie there? Yeah. And they'd be like, who the fuck is this? Hello, Miss- Oh, I had that smoke. Hello, ma'am or sir. I am. My name is Tevin Teshetter, and I'm calling to talk to your daughter. If that's okay with you. Oh my god! Can you put god. her on the my phone? My parents would be so livid because I'd just be on the phone, and they had to use the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'd be like get the fuck off the phone. Yeah. Who are you talking to? Yeah, like. What's so important to where I can't use the phone for like, that's a practical a, purpose? I mean, that's actually kind of like a respectable thing because you got to talk to the parents. You got to like kind of show your cards to the parents and be like, hey. I'm interested in your daughter. It's almost like meeting someone or, or an attractive woman that's out with her family and then approaching the dad and be like, hey, do you mind if I have a word with your daughter? It seems so It seems so much worse it's, that way, when you put it that way, though. It does. But why does it seem worse? It's just well, asking. Because it would be worse physically. Get, you don't have getting to, like, permission. Not shoulder, permission, like, but yeah, asking for another man's respect to talk. Where are we at? You can't tap dads on shoulders like that. You can't just be, hey, can I have a word with you? <laughs> <laughs> Who even... <laughs> no one does that anymore. <laughs> Not anymore, but that was, I mean. I'm just about. People had to do that. Yeah. That was like a yeah. certain yeah, that, we, that was a part at, of that now? was a per, a part of getting with someone and starting a love. And, and I think my discomfort is in a safer place uh, because I grew up with a lot of those, like a lot of those same mentalities. Because that's how dad told me, you got my days, you got to court women. What the? F- you don't court yeah, yeah. No more. What the fuck? Court women. So gatekeeping like, for so sure like being instructed uh from a generation that had those traditions mm-hmm. that's great that's great but like we're not practicing that no more but i think that carrying over the sentiment of it is what i think makes our generation one of the i'm gonna say this might be a hot take if you're young i'm sorry but i think it's a hot take on the fact that our generation might be the the last to die with like the chivalry that that the, the old world knew yeah, because true. it's a whole other thing, and now it's a clout-based chivalry. It's like, oh, I posted her on my story, and she should know she the one. It's like, well, that's crazy because I think chivalry at a time was like you got to, you need well, to die for a shoddy before you got to wife her up, and like the standards have just s- severely changed. And well, I think we were birthed at it. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, you're good. We were we were born at a time that was uh right in the middle of it all. Yeah, exactly. And, I and I, we we understand the exertion. And listen, I what keep I like cutting you off. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, go for it. No. You chime in. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what my last sentiment is because it's coming up. But I just think that if you were born in the generation that we are, like our signals for whether or not um, we should pursue a, a female are thawed because we were raised believing in a certain ideal woman that doesn't exist anymore. And I don't think that's um, anything anything to women. I think that women have found a, a better way to uh, to see themselves, but I think we were raised by our dads that were like, a woman's got to be this, a woman's got to be that. And I think that where I'm at, where I'm at now in my life, like I took so many of those from from what I was taught to not realizing that none of that, none of that applies anymore. So my, my, my biggest thing now with how I've been talking to girls is like, okay, well, how do I, f- like how, how can I draw the line between um, what I would, what I know and and um and being interested in women versus what's what's allowed and like what you should desire out of a woman, and it's a really weird line now. But I think our generation is the last to deal with this weird like, because we're still stuck in the old ways. But now we're seeing how people fuck with shit now. And I'm like I don't really know where I belong in the in, in the love game anymore. And, right. and, and also because like I, I um came out of a very very long relationship. I was in a seven year relationship, and I think in those seven years, seven year. In, in in those in those five six seven years, bro. When you read the terms and conditions of an agreement, like if I was like, "Oh, you signing up to be single again?" I might have read them differently if they were if they existed. Because when I was young, I was like, "I'll sign up to them shits." Seven years after being with a woman, you're like, maybe I seen the terms and agreements. I was like, "Oh shit, this is way different." Man, that, I, those those seven years 
with that relationship also sparked one of my favorite breakup songs of all time and what one of our way. fucking best videos in my opinion or me the video that me and nate made together like that video taillights mm-hmm. is so sick and like means so much to me and came out of this crazy seven-year relationship right so i can't say that i'm happy about it but i'm happy about it no i can say that i was saying because of what because of what came out of it you know like artist wise like how how did i don't know like that video is so like close and dear to my heart like like how did you feel about that song and that video what a good segue and it's such a meaningful thing and i think it's great like to talk about what is done what is done to me bro taillights and and how it came to life with you being a part of it because like it's one thing when you like are an artist and you're a musician and you want to pick a director who just knows your vibe but like bro no you've seen you've seen the whole relationship you've seen how close me me and her were you saw like you saw from beginning to end you knew me before i even met her and you knew you've known me till now which is way long after her and i have it have separated yeah holy shit now that you're saying that i didn't really, <laughs> it's like i'm like oh shit i saw beginning to end beginning to end yeah that's that's right but man like that video was the most bittersweet blessing of my life because i think i understood like man that that's art to me that was art like how you and i were able to just like I think yeah, as let, a friend, you were there from like, like walk people through it. I mean, they're like, like I mean, we kind of had like ideas. Yeah, I, I had a pretty intense idea that was kind of like dark. Um, but ultimately, like, what led you to your? It was your idea, the whole video. Yeah, because like the whole concept of being dapper, being in a room. Yeah, making sort making it sort of like fifties stagey kind of like. Yeah. Wow, um, that's an interesting way. Yeah, cause cause for me, like those details kind of just like passed me by, just cause I just felt like it was a, a timeless circumstance where like in every generation of everyone, like everyone understands heartbreak. Like throughout all the things that are happening in our timeline and and what we've experienced in America now is like. Those are things that people back, 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 back in the day still might not understand because there's so many components that have developed over the years where people are just like, a lot of, the, a lot of things are just really, really oversaturated. But heartbreak is constant. Everyone is dealt with heartbreak from the jump, and it's a conversation where like, if I can talk about it in a way where it's so foundationally close to my heart, there is no individual in the world that's not gonna get it. Because everybody's fucking dealt with it. Not everyone has dealt with the problems of like clout shit or like even when it comes to like income now because of the inflation of the economy is like, bro, our economy problems now, motherfuckers were at our age owning mansions, making half the money we make. That's a whole other conversation. But what's constant is like what happens in the heart. So that song for me was a super direct tribulation to the fact that when I got to sing about my heart, that was the that was the most anybody ever resonated with me the most. Bro, that yeah. That song and the video also like there was like I think because of what I was a part of at that time in your life and like our relationship. Yeah. And then your relationship with that girl was like when I was able to shoot that video and you were kind of also like kind of directing it, but also it was your concept. There was like these moments while shooting the video. I don't know if you remember. I do. Where, which I've never really had before. I've had it one other time before and it was with Leo, but it was like, we're shooting and there's just this magical energy between me and you, you and I, <laughs> and like, of like me, moving the camera but also your performance and it just felt yeah it's a weird feeling i can't describe i'm gonna try to describe it yeah i'm gonna try to describe it and i think you're the only person Where, fit it, to it was like pure it. art like pure, pure artistry and pure in the moment but go ahead yeah because like man i i couldn't have asked anyone else to do that video with me because it was just 
and, and unfortunately you know like the the hardest part was was that like i wrote the song about heartbreak and like my experience with heartbreak but right when it came out like a, a close friend of mine had just recently passed away right and and like i i just to bring it into detail like it was just this weird, like, the universe was just trying to pull me into something because I called the song Taillights because when you say bye to someone, it's like, where we are now, so you see them driving away. So it's, it's Taillights. You see you see their brake lights. You see everything. You see you see the back of their car moving further and further from you, and that's, like, the last time you see them as who they, who they meant to you in your life. That's a whole other thing. But I had a really close friend who died in a motorcycle accident, and, and, and she lived and died by, like, literally, like, loving the motorcycle you know and 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 i think the uh the, the excitement and like um love of life that someone who rides a motorcycle has not everybody can do it you know and i think it requires a certain personality and and you understand the risks especially living in a city like this and she t she took the risk and, and she pulled up to all of my shows on a bike and, and um she showed up to her for everything so when we did taillights she had died like a couple days before the video shoot and it was a wh horrible a horrible like few days for me yeah we did dedicate the video to her we what's her name again sorry her name's candace candace and, and she um she she showed up to everything like um and so for that to happen in that time and for the song to be called taillights like all of a sudden as as like a as like a, a goodbye or something because she was such a good friend to me was just like you could you, you got this you got the heartbreak part you know like the the extended definition of taillights exceeded so much more than what i had hoped for that by the time we hit the video i was like i i think art it was the first time in my life where art lived through me as opposed to me like trying to 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 summon it you know and, and, and i yeah. think with an instance like that it, it's like you don't think you don't wake up in the morning and try to do that it's it's almost like god given it's 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 beyond it's beyond you and and the definition of art for me the day we did taillights changed forever and i don't i don't think you can like i could ever achieve the same type of feeling that that video gave me from beginning to end once she changed the definition from definition of that whole song for me like but that, that's it, eternal eternally shifted my paradigm that video shifted everything for me and i have become a better person since the day we shot that video because of all of those circumstances so but at the end of the day d'angelo is here doing his own podcast but let him let it be known like him helping me spearhead that video is the only reason that I, I i consider myself fully to be present today because i think where i was at in that time and what i had lost only art could have kept me from sinking and, and if if you had a hand in me not drowning then you're the entire reason that i'm alive <sighs> shout out candace shout out you Nate. candace Cheers. rest in peace candace that video means so much to me you have no idea no I have an idea. I actually think I have an idea. Yeah, no. it's one of my favorite things of all time. And like, honestly, you know, like, what one of our kind of, I mean, most watched from your channel things, which mm -hmm. I mean, doesn't really matter, but like, it does make me feel good. But it, it, I, I think it made me feel good that knowing that people, something that was so near and dear to us mm -hmm. was was watched. Yeah, well mm -hmm. received. Yeah, and to like bring back what you said earlier about like flipping a coin and betting your life on something candace she betted on the bike at yeah. least she you know she went out doing something that she was very passionate about yeah you know what i mean um yeah you know Dude, and, and you got, like family members like my family members and your family members sending you like videos of taillights like watching taillights and singing taillights out loud yeah how does that make you feel but i think like man people talk crazy about like the uh consequences of of fame and like you know people who, who aspire to it that end up being disappointed with with what it means to them like in the long term like that's why i think i've breached the threshold of what what's important to me as far as who's seen what i do because like my family like 
my some of my family knows my lyrics better than I do. You know, and that's like that's the craziest thing to me is that like it art literally does not end if if you if you are brave enough to to release it, art will never end with you. It it'll always extend to at least one, two, three, three people. You know, so like the encouragement for like anybody who's like doubtful of of putting stuff out or whatever, like man, like someone's gonna fuck with it if it's important to you. The only reason you should be afraid is if it's not important enough to you, then yeah, no one else is going to resonate with what you have to say. But if it really means a lot to you, then like fucking say it. <laughs> yeah. Y'all keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, me too. Um, but I'm just going to hit you with this statement real quick. You know, it's funny. I couldn't even look Nady in the eye when he was talking about taillights because that song makes me... When I first heard that song, I like teared up because I was also going through... <laughs> uh, uh, a crazy breakup with the love of my life at the same pretty much at the same time yeah. you know it's a different yeah man. boom it became visceral but it's a phoenix thing. that was a that was the point it's where like, it was like a from the ashes type thing yeah yeah like and that's it, like you were fucking incubating so beautifully before yeah but like that huge butterfly moment yeah huge butterfly moment yeah, yeah some people need I, that I catalyst like, it's like you can put in the ten thousand hours whatever like you can put in all the work you you need to put in to like really own in on your passion but then you might also need a catalyst in your life to really um cross the threshold to become fully visceral with with your your passion and your work and like yeah. everything that you put out in your art yeah, right it, it and felt it like becomes initiation. you if you like become it yeah it felt at the like same that, time. that was the transition it was like in being like I don't even know how to fucking put that because it's like there was this moment where it was like after I did taillights it was like man like everything I do because I do it for me makes it equivocally for the people like it, it it's because I, I held I began holding my art so personally that was this huge moment where I realized that oh shit like what you're doing can affect people who are going through similar shit yeah you know and that's why I think that was a huge, just in, in general, just like a, a, a stepping stone I needed. Because yeah. after Taylor's, I have not, I have not been the same person. Yeah, no and I don't even know about like your friend Candace who, who passed away. Um, and yeah, it just reminds me of all of the the friends and family that I've I've lost too. Yeah. Like it connects me. Now I see yeah. the whole song and on a whole uh, new scope. Yeah, honestly. Um, and oh, it yeah. de it definitely does touch those components. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, thanks for saying that song. Yeah, it's, I was just saying, while D'Angelo was gone, I was saying like when he was talking about taillights, I couldn't look him in his eye because it reminded me of like you know me and stuff like that. Ooh, um, you can bleep that out later. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, you want, you want <laughs> bleep the, the name, name out? out. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll cut the name out. Uh, me and me and it's with a meow now. I think. Meow. <laughs> All right, me and meow. <laughs> like, oh, that's not gonna work dude. that's not gonna help <laughs> no no we're, we're, we're super cool bro she, I, she wouldn't trip on it too much but anyway yes my biggest concerns nowadays is cause like that video or like other things that we worked on like or like me and Adam made so much shit over the years like my biggest concern now in like a digital age is like not is like losing the work that we've done mm -hmm. is like interesting like I wanted like I want to do like a VHS tape of taillights. Oh yeah, and like have a VHS tape of taillights. Possible, so like, special. Or like, have you thought about that with music? But oh, I'd be like, people have records, but like, yeah. What if like a hard drive fails or your computer dies or like? And I mean, I feel like what a lot of people don't realize is that vinyl is still one of the highest quality ways to listen to music. And even if you're doing, you know, no matter what apparatus you're using to listen to music, like vinyls will always have a certain quality. That, that reminds people on a regular basis that timelessness is the objective what whatever will last and i think that we're in a, a digital age where like it's very short-lived and it's very short term the prominence is, is always about this is what you can do by tomorrow and it's going to sound good tomorrow but like no vinyl vinyl is uh something that was so like beautifully laid in our timeline where it is equally as timeless because it took so long to make something so beautiful as vinyl and, and listening to records that like my aspiration is like if i can make something that i think it deserves to be printed on records then i mean fuck like then i done it 
Fuck because yeah. that's something that's going that's going to outlast it's going to outlast the digital age because Man, and all the shit we watch, all the sci-fi shit, everybody knows you revert back to the old shit. And that's what we've yeah. seen happen in a lifetime. We've been alive long enough Dude, to see homie, we always go back to old predicts. shit. Oh, it was um, Jet Jensen. Bet. Jet. He was saying that like VHS stores are going to become almost like record stores. Yeah. In the next. In, like, they the are next, the new vinyl. In, like, yeah. in the next five years. It's the new vinyl. It's yeah, the new thing. For sure. Because, I agree. Like Those are the analog, like you can shine a light through that tape. Yeah. Yeah. And see the fucking. This movie, you can watch the, the movie through is, a flashlight. It's like VHS stores might come back, just like record stores. Do. Yeah. You know. And, and, bro, and what a huge testament to like, if you're gonna try to flex and stretch yourself to be a part of the industry, like please be aware of how often it repeats itself. Like everybody is always gonna resort to the, like. When they say that if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like Hollywood never did that. Hollywood Dude, tried to keep that's fixing like that. every music video nowadays. They always ask for a Super 8 camera, yeah, or a VHS camera. We're just reaching backwards. Yeah, you know. So I think like the further the digital world evolves, it's like a lot of it. A lot of the goal, and I mean, I'll say this from my 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 perspective because I'm not going to speak to everybody, but I think a lot of the goal of a lot of these digital like upstarters are like. They're just trying to achieve what the raw shit did back in the day. And I think the stakes are so low when it comes to digital stuff that you don't need that polish that it took to be in front of a spotlight when you were doing full fucking analog shit. It's a uh, converse relationship. Right? And I think, like, even when it comes to recording music, it's like, bro, motherfuckers didn't have auto-tune back in the day. Motherfuckers didn't do this. So, like, you had to hit it with the feeling. And, like, there was not an option... There was not an option to do anything other than that. So to even be in the room, your skill set had to be way broader than a motherfucker who's in the studio now. I got something to note on that. I was listening to a song earlier and I was like, man, this autotune sounds really good. And I was like, where, who am I? Like, I like listening to autotune. Like people, this isn't someone's natural voice. Yeah. Like it doesn't have like the, I guess the, latitude which means like the range i guess yeah, of to like me it's just like a tool it sounds to good like, to like mix like like t-pain bro like everyone's like t-pain can't sing but like that motherfucker can he sing he can sing his ass off he just really used sing. a tool yeah like to work Not, in his favor and, and, or like or, or like he developed a style oh yeah right? yeah, yeah oh bro let me talk i got talk shop just, just talk your shit talk your like, shit when i first started using autotune i was i was a tone deaf singer so i think that i I was able to use autotune to like show me the blueprint of what my voice could achieve. But I'm like, you ain't there, you you building, you trying to build a house with, with plank, planks of planks of wood. I think autotune gave me some like nice polished yeah. you know, resources. And at, at where I'm at now, I feel like because I use autotune, like that transition made me understand music better because it, it throws you into a, a, a very like I feel like without autotune, I'm very judgmental of myself emotionally, but it bypass it helps you bypass like if you're not a good singer, fucking just just fucking sing. It's autotune, and I think it helped me like not worry so much about being a good singer and just be focused on the fact that I'm trying to evoke emo an emotion. Yeah, you're just you're just setting a vibe. Autotune changed the whole shit. So I, and and I have I have there's a, there's an inkling in me that T Pain felt the same way. T Pain mm -hmm. is like I can fucking sing. But when I get in the studio and I, I put on this auto tune, like I I'm I can get to the point. I don't gotta I don't gotta be so fucking insecure about certain textures yeah. and tones of my shit. I can get to the fucking point and say what I need to fucking say, and it's gonna be in key. It's gonna sound good with the beat that I made. Yeah, yeah. And and I was gonna say, um, there's a lot of uh, rappers or rapper singers that use auto tune, but they can spit. They yeah. can spit yeah, heavily, bro. Like Trippy Red. Trippy Red could spit. Red, triple cold. Triple X. Rest in peace. He could spit. There's a track with him and Trippy Red just going in on the old school fucking East Coast um, flow. Yeah. Like Biggie Small style, bro. Like, like they're going. Joint. Yeah, yeah. They're going yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, it's but it's not like they don't know how to rap. They're just using the tools that are the zeitgeist at, at the moment. And it sounds good to them. He says zeitgeist. Did he say zeitgeist? Zeitgeist. <laughs> Is that what he said? That's I said, zeitgeist I said zeitgeist. 
That means you know. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm just impressed. Oh, I'm just impressed. Okay, we can take a right. shot. I'm trying to be like you, I dog. Take I'm trying to use. But also, thank you guys so much. That's all the time we that we have. Oh, that ass? really? That's it, dude. Nate, what you saying, bro? What you saying? Yeah, we just come to the sun, guys. A lot of time, Nate. I fucking love you, dude. I love you so much. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. All right, let's take the shot. We can do a little post thing if you want. But we have the hour. No, I was. This is my thing. I try to keep this going. Wait, no, wait. I'm cool. I had more more questions that I had in my head, but I didn't want to interrupt Um, you. How can people find you? Instagram, Spotify. Is my rollout? Um, Instagram is probably the best place for you to find um, my whole life situation at. It's at Nady three hundred one. Three hundred one. You can find me there. Nady at Nady.net. That's right. Uh, Maryland, born and raised. LA for quite a long time. So. Nady.net. Uh, your album or the albums on Spotify or Apple? Uh, if you look at if you look up Nady, I'm the um, like like the only Nady that's like high highly prom- prominent in the search. Fuck yeah. N a t e y. How about tab it on Instagram? <laughs> oh, I'm one two three four five six seven. You know, and if you. <laughs> If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> don't know, now you know, and you can find my boy. Angelo Harding on Instagram, or what's our Instagram name for Brown Sugar now? Brown Sugar without the O. So B R W N dot sugar. Is it, is it no way I know stop? Oh, that's it. That's it. Um, that's tight. We'll have that up by the time this is out. So yeah, it's yeah. But thank Check you guys. I fucking love you guys. Yeah, so much. yeah, thank yeah. You. And if Mark you like this, one. if you like this, you know what to do. Look both ways before you cross the street. Subscribe. <laughs> No, no, we don't All say right. no, no, we, we don't say that. Them that. I love y'all. No, no, we don't say that. I love y'all. We give good. You know what I'm saying? Brown Sugar Podcast.